0: The title of my message is "Christ's Mission: Our Assignment." His mission, our assignment. But now, before we we do anything, we're going to read two passage passages from the Bible. The first one is Romans eight verse nineteen. The Bible says, "For the creation creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed." That means something must happen so that people know who is. Who are the children of God? Because they are carrying something. I will come to that in a minute. The second passage, which is in Isaiah 43, verse 7, it says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Okay? So, uh, that, that, that one is telling us that we have been made to the glory of God. That is very important for the rest of the message. So, we're gonna talk about God's vision. I'm gonna talk about God's vision. That means what God has foreseen when He was creating man. What is the plan for uh, of God for man? And then from there, I will I will, I will go and talk about Christ's vic Christ's mission because He has a mission that is to accomplish the vision of the Father. And from there as well, I will talk about our own assignment, our own mission. That is what we have to do in the assignment or the mission of Christ so that God's vision can be accomplished. Okay, so um, God vision. God vision, I will think God vision on two, um, two, two different points. Uh, two, two the first one is God wanted a, a, a fellowship with man, a special relationship, a relationship where man can be with God all the time and be pleased and be, be happy, at peace around, around God. And God has designed as one well, man not to die uh, he, he designed uh, man to live and to live for for, for, for forever. If you go through uh, Genesis one to Genesis three, you see everything there. God has created man to have dominion to to subdue everything God has created. So God has really really give, uh, give uh, yeah, has given a, a lot of uh, authority to man. And the second thing I want to say is the Bible said that God has created man his own image so man is uh, in fact image bearer god image bearer so god want then to through man to manifest his glory uh, uh to show his glory through man that's why he has designed this unique relationship with man he will be our father he will be uh, loving us he will be protecting us he will be providing in everything that's why he created man. The Bible says he created man and woman. And everything was going, going according to plan. Ed, Adam and Eve were on the, in the garden. They were cultivating the garden. But they were enjoying themselves. They were enjoying their, their relationship and they enjoying relationship with, with God. Everything was well. There was, there was a, a unique companionship between God and man in the garden of Eden. Then something happened. Man was deceived by the devil who induced him into sin. But then sin came into, into the relation and the relationship was broken. Separation came between God and man. Remember, in Genesis, God has told Adam and Eve, you know, the, 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 the fruits of the, the, the knowledge of good and, uh, and, and, and wrong, you shouldn't eat because if you eat it, you surely shall die. That's what God has said. That means uh, the, uh, the disobedience, of God's commandment would will bring, will bring uh, death. And that's exactly what's happened. So what happened suddenly? It looks like God's vision is point. It might not be accomplished because the, 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 the separation has, has come because death has come. Sin has come. But God has not changed his vision. God is not a man to change. He is God. So he hasn't changed his vision. But he has to make a way. He has to make a plan. That's why he tried a lot of a lot of things. He tried a lot, so many plans to reconcile with men. but the, all all the plans fell short of what was needed. Then came the master plan, a plan that will involve God and His Son. God strongly wants to do something so that His vision must come back on track. And Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, the Messiah, was the center of the master plan. Here comes Jesus on a mission. The son of God on a mission. And the mission is designed to bring the father's vision back on track. There is nothing different. Do not forget that the vision of the father is to have a close relationship with man. And to reveal his glory to him. And because the relationship was broken, Christ has come to be the man with the reconciliation ministry. If you look at 1 Timothy 2. Verse 3 to verse 4. The Bible says this is good. And pleases God our Savior. Who wants all people to be saved. All people to be saved. And to come to a knowledge of the truth. If you look at 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness. But instead. He is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish. But everyone to come to repentance. So you see. At this point that God's vision. Of bringing men. All men back to him. Is still the mission. The vision of God. So that's why the the plan of redemption. God's plan of redemption. That he has entrusted to his son Jesus. Starts. Being put. Into motion. This brings us. To the point where. I want to talk about the mission of Jesus Christ. When he came. The Messiah. The mission of the son of God. First. I just wanted to let you know. That the coming of Jesus. His death. His resurrection. His exaltation and glorification. Are all there to show. And to establish. The way to salvation. Now. Now. Jesus has given the man the opportunity, he has given, he has done the work, he has fought the battle to give man opportunity to return to his pre-fall state, to return into a reconciliation with God. One of the one of the one of the the the, 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 the goal of the mission of Jesus Christ. So he has to go through all those things. Why? Because to repair the relationship. A price must be paid. Why? Because sin has caused. The the, the, the break of the relationship. So a price must be, must be paid. So Jesus has paid the price at the cross. He has given his life. The one that has no sin. Has died for our sin. So the reconciliation must come. Jesus has done this. By obedience to the Father. Because this is something, a plan, the plan of the Father. And Jesus has said, yes, let me go and do it. That is obedience. And I pray that even in church today, we must understand that obedience will open doors. Obedience will make things happen. Obedience will make us prosper. Obedience is what it takes to please God. And Jesus has done that. But let me tell you again, today, that it's not just because of videos. It's not just because, because Jesus wants to obey his father. But it's also because he has a compassion, a compassion on, on, on human being. He has a passion on man. And I can say here today, that his passion was born out of his compassion. His passion was born out of his compassion. Through him, sin has been defeated. Reconciliation with God become possible for those that believe in him. Healing a restoration came to the needy. Jesus had a compassion. If we look into Matthew 9, Matthew 9, verse 36, up to Matthew 10, verse 1. I'm going to read it because it's very important. He's going to show us two things, two, three things. He said, but when he saw the multitude, when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no sheep, no shepherd, sorry. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, laborers into his harvest. And when he has, he has called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirit. To cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Hallelujah. To heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of, of diseases. I pray at, right, at that right moment for someone that is listening to me. That you are suffering, you are you are ill. There is sickness in your body. I bring the word of healing to today. Because Christ has given power of the disciple to heal all kinds of sicknesses. Whatever the sickness is, emotional, physical, whatever you are going through. Even though maybe someone in your household has been touched by this COVID-19. I pray now that miraculously, Jesus Christ touch, touch the, your, your, your brother, your sister, whoever he is. And bring healing into his life in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe you have been ill even long before this time of pandemic. I want to tell you and I bring you a message that someone that is called Jesus is, has come and has compassion on you. Let me look at what this compassion is because I've been talking about compassion and you know, we, 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 we maybe think it's, uh, it's a compassion like uh, every other compassion. No! You know, when you have a compassion on someone, it's a concern that you have for the suffering of misfortunes of others. You know, kind this kind of compassion that Jesus had is a compassion that forces action, action to alleviate the suffering, action to erase the suffering, action to heal, action to to, to, to bring. Jesus did not just have pity on someone; he doesn't just see someone or saw someone that is in a, that is suffering and say, "Oh, I can see you are suffering." I can see. No, 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 no. He does does not just say, I can see you are suffering, but he provides a solution. So his compassion is a compassion that is prepared to suffer to stop the suffering of other people. This kind of compassion gives you protection, salvation, redemption. This kind of compassion will never let you down. This kind of compassion will never. Forget you, they will never forsake you, but you will be there for you. And that's what the King David rendered very well by saying in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 14. He said, I am in deep distress. Deep distress. If you are in deep distress today, you are not the first, and God is there with you. By you, he's gonna do something. I come back to my my, my verse. He said, I am in deep distress, said David. Let us fall. Into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. But do not let me fall into human hands. What David David was trying to say. David was trying to say, the only place I am confident that there is compassion that had a mercy, unlimited mercy, a compassion that will cover every kind of sin, every kind of wrongdoing, everything that I have done. I am sure that if I, I am in the hands of Lord, He will find a way to have mercy on me. But if I found myself in the hand of man, I'm not sure they will have mercy on me. And that would be my end. So that's why David is saying, The Lord is the one that will give me a mercy. And he, he called it a great mercy. I'm saying, an unlimited mercy that God has put for, for, for you, unlimited mercy. I, I pray, I pray today that you put your trust, your faith in God, because He has a mercy, mercy to redeem you, mercy to forgive you, mercy to bring you back into repentance to back to Him to repentance. Yes, only God's compassion provoke that passion which led Christ to the cross. If you remember the way Christ has been to the cross, the suffering, what he has suffered in the hand of his people, Christ has suffered all those things and, and sustained all the difficulty till he goes, he went to the cross. Why? Because his compassion has no limit. Hallelujah. And then he said, The passage says that when Jesus look at the multitude, he see them, they are weary. That means they are wicked. They are weak. They are lifeless. They have no life. They lack energy. They they, they are are crying. They, they, They are withering. They are grieving. They are lack of life. They are so tired that they cannot take no more. They can't do anything. The yoke is so heavy on them that they can't do anything. The only thing that is waiting for them is to die. They were already defeated. They have no strong strength to fight again. No energy. They are exhausted, discouraged, destroyed, overwhelmed, collapsed, depressed. The felt knock it out. And the Bible says they were even like a sheep without shepherd. That means they have no direction. They They don't know where to go. In addition, you know they they they, they have no they, they, they are far from the green pastures because there's no one to take them there. They are without protection, without care, they are without food, they are without deliverance or provision. They are at the mercy of the wolf and the lions because there is no shepherd. And Jesus says, "I came because you need a shepherd, and I am the good shepherd." That's what his compassion has done. So when he the, he saw the multitude, in that state, he has to do something. He has to repair the things. He has to bring you back a, 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 a peace, joy. He has to give you a, 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 a healing in your soul, in your body. That's why. That, that's what his compassion is able to do. Hallelujah. So what about you? Do you need Jesus? Can you see yourself in all those things that I have said? Do you need Jesus? If you need Jesus, Jesus is there for you today. Draw close to someone and they will help you. But the mission of Jesus, Jesus Christ was limited in time. Jesus has three and a half uh, years to to, to minister. And he has ministered in only a few cities. In Galilee, Judea, Samaria. But remember the vision of God. The vision of God is not just for the people of Samaria, Judea, or, or no, no, no. The, the vision of God is for all, all men. That's what we have seen previously. So that's why, why you, you see you can see here that Jesus mission has not accomplished the full vision of God. So that's why the, the, the Christ's vision has to be has to be has to be, be followed, has to be prolonged. So by the time Jesus left this earth, there were many, many people on this earth that did not hear about the good news of reconciliation with God. They didn't even hear about Jesus. Who is the Redeemer? Who is the Savior? So Jesus could not leave it like that. That's why he called his disciples, as we see in Matthew 10 right now. That's why he called his disciples and he gave them authority. Hallelujah. Christ's mission was accomplished by his work at the cross and providing a way to salvation. But the, the mission has to continue. So that's why he's now, that's where our, our assignment comes. Because by going, he has to uh, to call his disciples, give them authority, and send them. The Bible says in Matthew 28, verse 18 to verse 19, he said, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying All authority Has been given to me in heaven and on earth Go therefore and make disciples of all nations Baptizing them in the name of the Father And of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Look When Jesus was living, He called his disciples He didn't call them to Judea He didn't call them to Samaria He didn't call them to go to uh, uh, Jerusalem only He said go everywhere Go therefore And make disciples of all nations I'll tell you one thing When Jesus said, go and make disciples, he is is saying, go and make disciples that will make disciples. Because disciples will always make disciples. Hallelujah. That's why he didn't say, just go and win the soul. So we have to know our mission, our assignment is to complete the, the mission of Christ. What a privilege that we are called in the same field like as Jesus to continue his work that's why he has given us all the authority that will come with it. because he will never entrust you with a work without giving the resources to go with it wow what a good news we are called to go and we are called to do to do so that the vision of God can be accomplished the same way Jesus has bestowed a compassion on us we should do the same to anybody that do not know Christ, so that by preaching the good news, we can read them to Christ. He made of us his disciples, he called us as his disciples, so that we can become a disciple, disciple maker that are making disciple makers. That same reason should provoke him, should provoke the same compassion in us, and therefore the same passion. Time. It's not to have pity on people. Time is not to discuss what people are going through. That's time is for action because we have been called and we have been, we, we, we have been given the authority and the resources that is needed to do the work. So we have to go, I thank God for the mission of the, for the vision of this house, the vision of, of disciples. We are called to make disciple in this house. A vision of discipleship by a vision, a vision of of multitude, because he has to go everywhere. That's what God wants. That's what Jesus has asked us to do everywhere. Don't sit where you are. Don't be comfortable where you are. You, are my, my friend, my brother, my sister, don't be comfortable. Time has come that you go and look for discipleship and make disciples everywhere in all nations. Again, I thank God for the diversity in this house. More than 100, 110, more than 110 nationalities. We can go and win the world. And that's what God has called us to do. We can go and win the the nations for Christ. Turn people into disciples like never before. And I pray that when when you get up, the anointing of God will come upon you. When you start walking the walk, the anointing of God will come upon you. And you'll be able to break yokes in people's life you'll be able to bring healing to people's life you'll be able to bring salvation and restoration to people's life so we are at the right place doing the right things at the right moment we all know what's happened now what we have what we 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 have, we have been through i mean the the, the pandemic and everything but everybody is is searching asking questions. What tomorrow is made of. We are asking questions. Everybody is asking questions. People out there. They are asking a lot of questions. And we see churches grow. At this right moment. We see cells grow. At this right moment. Where everything is locked. So I believe. God has called us as a house. To go and do that. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want to finish with this. Proverbs eleven thirty. I read here from a uh, new King James James version. He says, "The fruits of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who win souls is wise." I just want to tell you today, that winning soul. It's not it's not a, a, a bad job. It's not a time wasting job. It's the job for wise men. If you are wise, you have to win soul. If you are wise you have to win soul. And the Bible says as well that the wise people please the heart of God. So to please the heart of God you have to be wise. To be wise you have to win soul. So to please the heart of God you have to win soul. That is your assignment. To God be the glory. Amen.